Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that really should watch less medical TikTok, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays, or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and the hat makes him look at least two years younger. It's Andrew Armsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Uh. <laughs> oh, no! And each week, we will chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She has such a fun name to say. It's Alice McKelly. G'day, g'day, g'day. I feel like now I should say buongiorno. Buongiorno. Went with the hard Italian pronunciation. Uh, McKelly. I'm really glad to see you guys. I'm excited to talk some movies. Um, I have thoughts. We got thoughts. We got thoughts on movies, guys. That's why we're here. Uh, we're going to talk about indie, uh, the Dial of Destiny. We're going to talk about Extraction Number Two and uh, Wait, best what? ever Harrison Ford movies. Um, so that should be a fun conversation. Of course, and Buried Treasure and all that kind of fun stuff as well. I will also say, if you want to check out how you are doing in the summer sum game, because Alice, last time you were here, I think was to make your summer sum game picks. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to the website and check that out. It has been an interesting summer already. Not interesting mm. enough that Andrew's chat GPT picks are looking <laughs> good, <laughs> but it, but interesting enough that a lot of the rest of our picks aren't looking so good. Um, mm. So let's just say if you had some faith in Spider-Man, you're sitting pretty pretty right now. So, uh, so yeah, yes. Congratulations, Andrew. That will be your your shining star. Uh, so check that out by going to sifpop.com and you can just click on Summer Sum Game and that'll take you to what the current results are. So check that out. All right, no need to uh, dilly dally as we head towards the uh, dilly dial of destiny. Uh, so let's get right into it with our first review: Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm retiring. Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something on a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? Don't move. We need to get out of here. Stop! Sorry. Helena! Dr. Jones, get him. Finding himself in a new era approaching retirement, Indy wrestles with fitting into a world that seems to have outgrown him. But as the tentacles of an all-too-familiar evil return in the form of an old rival, Indy must don his hat and pick up his whip once more to make sure an ancient and powerful artifact doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Harrison Ford is back in the saddle as Indiana Jones. Uh, and this is the... I'm going to go ahead and admit this is the fifth... Indiana Jones movie. Uh, I will we be gracious enough to admit that. Uh, after a very poorly received Crystal Skull. So does it right the ship? What do you think? Did you love it? Like it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay? Andrew, kick us off. It's not as bad as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> that wasn't one of the options. <laughs> but it's also not as good as Temple of Doom. So I'm going to go with it was okay. It was okay from Andrew. Uh, Alice, what about you? I disagree. I think it was worse than uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I didn't like it. 
Allison oh. didn't like it. Uh, I am on the low side of loved it. I had a great time at this movie, uh, and I am so excited to talk about why. Um, the magic is back. I had so much fun seeing Harrison Ford in, in this movie as Indiana Jones. Um, this movie understands not only what the character is about, it understands how to take the thematic things the character is growing, you know, going through and weave them into the story in a really interesting way. I think you can feel James Mangold's, uh, fingertips, uh, fingerprints all over this thing. He's such a great storyteller. I never felt in any way confused, never felt in any way bored. And considering some of the things this movie goes into, I think that's saying quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, I was on board from beginning to end. Uh, there are some reasons I say low side of loved it. There are a couple of annoying things in this movie. But, man, overall, I had a really, really good time. Andrew, what are some of your uh, general thoughts? Uh, I am going to uh, talk about how much I do think that James Mangold is able to capture the the aura, I guess you could say, of uh, like a, uh, how Steven Spielberg did all the Indiana Jones. It feels... You, you say that he you feel James Mangold's fingers all over. I feel Spielberg's but because I think that James did such a good job at imitating Spielberg in some points. Yeah, but it's, yes, uh, I, I see what you're saying, um, but I do think he kind of puts his own stamp on it. Like, it's kind of, it really is like Mangold Spielberg. You know, if you can kind of feel both those influences, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I As another pro, I will go into, I think that the... Performances, if you want to go, Harrison Ford loves this character. So you can tell that he's putting his heart and soul into it. And mm -hmm. whenever you see him on screen, you do feel like, wow, that's Indiana Jones. You don't, it's weird because with a lot of movies he's in, you're like, oh, that's Harrison Ford. Or, oh, that's mm -hmm. Harrison Ford. Or sometimes you could be like, oh, that feels like a Han Solo or it feels like an Indiana Jones. But whenever he's playing Indiana Jones, he is Indiana Jones. He puts on that fedora and he just transforms. Also, I think Mads Mikkelsen is great as the villain in this movie. I really enjoyed him. He just has a menacing presence that he can pull off so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. I agree. Uh, Alice, do you have anything good to say about this? You're welcome like to I sum watched, it up with your bad stuff. But, uh, I feel but like that's I fine. watched a different movie than you guys. It happens sometimes. Oh, I think, okay, look, I should mention I've seen all the other Indiana Jones films, but the first one I ever saw in cinema, like, was in cinemas, and that was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm. And then I didn't watch the original three until I was in uni. I agree that the quality of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is significantly lower than the original three. Uh, and Last Crusade's always been my favorite of the original three as well. Amen. That's correct. You're in good, you're um, in good company here. Yeah, I've yeah. just, I've always found that. And so I was looking, I just, I found that this one, for me, I'm trying to think of something positive because I know we're still on positives. Um, <laughs> the music, I enjoyed the John Williams score. I did enjoy the John Williams score. <laughs> What yep. a hot take. You like yeah. John Williams. <laughs> um, and I did, you know, actually what I did enjoy was the like the sets and the like the actual world in which the movie was was set. Um, I think that it really did, you know, the color of it all, the, the vivacity of it. It was really, really pretty to look at. Like I enjoyed what I was looking at. I enjoyed the world of it and I enjoyed the general setting of it. That's mm -hmm. my positives, I think, in general. 
And I agree. <laughs> Harrison Ford is clearly like awake. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was, and I was, I was genuinely pleased with you know. I mean, we we don't have to uh, dance around the bushes. Like he's uh, he's an old man. You know, mm. he's he's getting up there. He but, looks the movie, good for but the movie, but the movie as old as he is, I have to yeah, say, that opening no, he, shot, he really I was does. like. <laughs> well, he's and he's um, he's playing the exact role the movie needs him to play too. It's not like the movie is asking him other than uh, one uh, scene that I'm sure we will talk about the opening, mm-hmm. uh, the cold open, which is um, what I wanted to talk about next. So, um, other than that, you know, the movie is letting him play his age, and uh, and I think the way he has uh, aged into the older version of this character is really interesting. And when he puts on the hat and the jacket in the, the sash, you're just like, yeah, you're, you're older, but you're still Indiana Jones, man. And maybe some of that is just pure nostalgia. I don't know. It's really hard to separate that stuff for me. I mean, you got to understand, like these were formative movies of my youth. Um, so, I mean, despite the fact that I look like I'm barely 19, like (laughs) you you have to understand, I grew up when these movies came out and, uh, it's, it, it's just a, it's, it's so deep in, especially last crusade, which I, I agree is, I think the best. Um, and I just, I felt a lot of that fun here and I just, I was, I had a grin on my face, uh, the whole time seeing Indy back, uh, back in action, action. Um, I also wanted to mention Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I was curious yes. to what you guys uh, thought about her because I really liked the way she played off Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think she – I actually just realized as you were talking, I did enjoy her performance. Some things mm-hmm. about her character I'll get to later, but, like, mm-hmm. I think her performance, I enjoyed her charisma and I enjoyed her chemistry with uh, Harrison Ford a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you gave a little bit of a side to side nod on that. Uh, is is uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge one of your negatives, Andrew? That's she's my big negative. I'll say. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, okay. I got to correct myself. Correct myself. Phoebe Waller Bridge is acting perfectly as the character she has mm. been written for. She's doing a great job. Okay. I hate the character. I hate that yep. character so yep. much. What yep. specifically, without being spoilery, what specifically do you hate about it? Because Indy always has to have his foil. He always has to have somebody that's on his team that is also like he's trying to teach something. He's trying to be, you know, bring along. He's a, at the end of the day, Indiana Jones is a professor. He's a teacher. Like, and he always has that someone who he's teaching. Yeah. But whether it be um, uh, Brody or uh, who. Uh, Judy, who played uh, Elsa and uh, mm-hmm. Mutt, uh, all these characters, all these characters, mm-hmm. Data you know, or not Data? I said Data. Short round, <laughs> short, <laughs> short round, yeah, short round, yeah. Um, but all these characters, they had a charming or they had a redeeming quality to them, and I just found uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge's character to be just very unlikable. And she, the char- I guess when she. When she was trying to be charming, I guess maybe it came across as uh, arrogance because there was there were so many times in this movie where we're supposed to believe that she is this really clever, you know, and an intuitive person, but she's constantly putting herself in situations where any smart person would obviously, you know, steer clear. It it, it just reeked of like instead of charisma, it reeked of desperation. Interesting. I just I just saw it as like uh, impetuousness, you know, like that she was uh, kind of you know jump first, think later kind of character. Yeah, but she was really smart too. Like when we're introduced mm-hmm. to her, in mm-hmm. you think those things are, are, can't be 
uh, you can't be both. You, are you trying to say like, like the difference between book smarts and street smarts, something like sure. that? Well, the 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 difference between she's meant to have both very clearly. Like yeah, she's meant to the, have both book smarts and street smarts. Well, yeah. the difference between um, situational intelligence versus uh, the way the contextual way you act within a situation, right? Like there are the differences in character versus um, you know mental acuity. Those those can be you know two different things. I just didn't like yeah. the character. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Like, I enjoyed... So, when I said before, I enjoyed Phoebe Waller-Bridge's performance, but her character and the... Uh, not to not to get spoilery as well for the next one, but I feel like this week, if you wanted to give it, like, an overall title, is uh, movies with kids that I wanted to jump through the screen and strangle. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, um, nothing... And, uh, again, nothing to do with performance uh, towards the, the younger kid, just... More the character mm-hmm. itself. I feel like this is, uh, and again, if there's still positives, please go back and, and and say your positives. But the the main overarching element for me is I feel like maybe this was a three hour film when it was originally cut, and then someone was like, "No, we can't have a three hour Indiana Jones film," and some stuff was brought out because I just feel like there's some elements of the characters, specifically the new characters that I just didn't quite understand why their motivation... I understand why, for example, the kid's motivation is the way it is, but I didn't Mm -hmm. understand why her motivation and her way of life and and the decisions she makes, where that really came from beyond beyond this other character that we get introduced to and her relation to that character. But even then, it just... The two weren't... The math wasn't mathing for me regarding how that relationship would result in her ending up leading this life and it Mm -hmm. just it just frustrated me to no end because i also knew obviously where this was going to end up with her character and with indy and i also feel like there wasn't that those moments of connection we didn't get enough of those for me to believe that would happen so uh yeah that's that's my two cents on on that matter, and so I do agree with Andrew regarding the character. But I did still because Phoebe Waller Bridge, she's good. She, we enjoy it. She has good charisma, so I did enjoy just mm-hmm. watching her. I will just comment on my understanding of her, her motivation is that it's very similar to what we see from Harrison in Last Crusade, and in fact, there's even some allusions to the fact that he is teaching her lessons that he he learned, you know, um, about fathers and legacy and taking the obsession of your father and making it your own and and those kind of things um so so i think that is there it may not be uh drawn out enough um but uh it it was enough for me uh to to kind of sense who that character was and, and what their purpose was uh within the story um what else anything else uh that you guys want to talk to negatives positives whatever um go for it Unleash, Alice. Unleash. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. I don't think we're out of the uncanny valley yet. I just. No, No, we are not. I just. I loved it. But you don't think that there was a rubberiness to it? Yeah, it distracted me. It, it just, took me way out of the I'm losing my vision. There was was one (laughs) scene at the very beginning when he's like 
um, just non-spoiled, being interrogated, I'll say. And he, his, he's like looking in a direction. And I swear the rendering was off because one of his eyes was looking in a different direction to the other of his eyes. But it was just like, I could, um, I just the whole time I was like, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We no, shouldn't have done this. No, I don't think this. we're there yet either. I, yeah. I, I was distracted a few times during the uh, youngification of Indiana Jones, um, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, if you will. Uh, and it was... And of Mads Mikkelsen. And, the Mads stuff didn't bother me as much. No, I didn't notice because with, that, with wasn't, Mads. that wasn't really de-aged. I think they well, and aged also, him. <laughs> and also, we are so well aware of Harrison Ford as mm. Indiana Jones at that age. You know what I mean? Like, mm. So we, we have such you know context. But I think for me... The movie made a very bold choice, which was not to try to hide it. Like, the movie was like, not only are we going to uh, youngify Indiana Jones, we're going to give you close-ups of his Mm -hmm. face, making, like, classic Indiana Jones faces and laughs and smiles and smirks. And it was just, like, three out of every four seconds kind of worked for me, but that fourth second... I just get I just get pulled off and I was just mm. like, oh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for us to have it down because it would be so cool for it to really feel like he filmed this. The, the other part of it is the voice. Uh, mm. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they did some things with the voice, but there no. are times where it felt like it was old Harrison Ford in a young Harrison Ford face. And yeah. that's difficult as well. So, um yeah, they ran into the same stuff. problem whenever they remastered the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. They had them come back and redub their lines, but they were mm. in their eighties whenever they redubbed them. By the way, guys, uh, Harrison Ford's eighty-one years old. So yeah, yeah, he's totally. doing well. Like, I just, don't I just wonder wrong. if if you're better off almost getting an, an impersonator at that point, like to do the voice, uh, yeah, like somebody so. who's because I just don't have know Mark that Hamill you're able it. to sound like who you were, you know. 40 years ago 45 years ago whatever it was you know that this is you know representing so although speaking of ai we've gotten very good with ai voice bots like there Mm -hmm. are some that you can get you know celebrities to to say certain words and it sounds the mark the mark hamill stuff in star wars like Mm. the luke stuff um yeah it's it's possible Mm. um but yeah i was i was distracted by that as well um, so mm-hmm. that that was one of the annoying things. Uh, that's too, weird because I want. Like I said, my work. vision is going, but I thought that was going to be like a universal. Yeah, that looked great, didn't it? I, I guess for those blind people, I loved that scene. It felt I did enjoy so the scene. old school Indiana, like mm. yeah. I, well, I the whole really movie had it. been like that scene, besides the de aging element. But I think that the actual like the action and all of that, I, I was having a good time. But then we got to the action in the rest of the movie and I don't know what it is. I really don't, but I just, I couldn't connect to it. I was watching, I'll, I'll say the, the one that mm-hmm. was um, using a tuk-tuk. I was like, yes, I should be thrilled. I should be thrilled right I now. I was, I was bored. I was, I, was, so I checked it. my watch. I was watching it and I was just like, <sighs> I just, I don't know why it was just that. And like all these other it was elements. really well shot though. Like I thought it was mm. like, I was never oh, confused huh. about where we were. Like I thought there were some creative oh. ways they use the, the, the tuck tuck. And yeah, I thought it was nice. To me, it felt like it was sped up like Benny Hill a little bit. 
And that's mm-hmm. why I couldn't take it seriously and I couldn't get excited about it. But yeah, I think if they, this is just going to be an all encompassing, like negative for me right here is I think that this movie suffers from doing way too much CGI. What I love about the original trilogy is everything was practical. And I know that that's a, a sign of the times and that's just how everything was done back then. But you know what? There was a magic that sometimes you just can't capture whenever you do things, you know, digitally. Mm-hmm. And I think that I this movie, and I'll just say this, my biggest negative for the movie besides Phoebe Waller-Bridge is character, is I think that this third act is a mess. I think oh, it's just it's a perfect. horrible mess. No, oh, it's, it's so bad. It's it is so bad. All right, no. so tell me what I missed. Tell me, because I, I loved the third act so much. Um, I'll say, I, okay. go ahead, Aaron. Me? No, I wanted to hear oh, from I, you I guys. thought you were. I didn't want to cut you off. No, but no, I'll no. Say no I, want this, hear, I want to uh, hear what I missed. I, I, whenever I look at like uh, even Temple of Doom or Last Crusade or Raiders of Lost Ark, whenever you get to the supernatural element of it, and I think this mm-hmm. was a shortcoming in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The supernatural while, uh, MacGuffin? The MacGuffin, yeah. Mm-hmm. While it was very, uh, you know, spectacular and mystical, it all felt contained like it the effects of it were very minimal but i think whenever you look at kingdom of the crystal skull and dial of destiny i think that the MacGuffin is so like this crazy op element that seems uncontrollable where whereas if you look at the other three movies you seem you saw a way to to contain it and, you know, have top men, if you will, you know, handle it like some weird SCP foundation does, you know? Mm. I don't know what those initials mean. What What are we talking about? Never mind. <laughs> Secure, contain, protect. It's, it's this whole online thing. Aaron, you're, you're getting old. Oh, is that what that means? <laughs> yes, that's what it means. Okay. SCP stands for Aaron got old. Oh, it's okay. Official. All right. Fair enough. Maybe that's why I love this movie. Us old guys got to stick together. Um, yeah. See, for me, it was. I I agree. I I think the the final like act. I was just watching it, and you know what what it is as well. I was watching it, and I was like, wow, this really reminds me of the story from the first Tomb Raider movie with Angelina Jolie, <laughs> and that is not a yeah. movie that an Indiana Jones <laughs> film should try and emulate because it's not a very good movie but especially the ending and the MacGuffin and everything around it I was like this is literally just the Tomb Raider movie I saw this in 2003 or whenever it came out um, and I just it even the like challenges that they had to solve I, I feel like the mystery and the challenges the reason why I really love Last Crusade is because I really love that fine that final third act where they have to surmount all the different moments and you know there's all these like riddles and challenges they have to solve and and Indy's able to do it because he, he has this like knowledge and this persona and he's not you know he doesn't have the arrogance of the bad guys but this one I just feel like I was watching it and I was like I just, I don't, even, even the bit where they get, you know, there's obviously there's always a bug or a scary, that sort of element. Even that, I was just like, that's just kind of annoying. Like I just, it was missing the big adrenaline moments. I was just more like, nah, okay. And then the big moment happens and I was just like, ah, I was just like, I think my, my thoughts were literally like, come on guys, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm thought. right there with you. Yeah. Uh, first of all, this is nothing like uh, the Tomb Raider movie. <laughs> the Tomb Raider movie makes a completely different point, almost the opposite point of what this movie makes. And I'll try to I'll try to uh, tiptoe around spoilers. But one of the reasons I love the third act is how beautifully thought through it is. Like it makes all of the sense and <laughs> I, I don't know what you guys are talking about i guess we have to do a sif spoil because like it's so yeah. brilliant what they do with that final moment and uh and it's the reason i love it and, and the way it plays into the theme of the movie as well and then the the finish i just i think this movie finishes really really strong aaron i, I don't I know, think it is finishes what are you talking about? <laughs> I think there's so much. I remember the movie ended. I was like, wait, but what about this? What about that? All right, we'll that? do some spoil, and, and you can ask me all the questions you have, okay. and maybe I missed something. Maybe I won't have an answer for you. I don't know. Yeah. But what were you saying, Andrew? I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already forgot. But uh, hey, I am glad that you... Oh, oh, hey, I remember what it was now. So I know that you were really close to you know having seen this movie and i'm sure you're going to see it many more times but do you have a general idea where it's going to land for you within the five films yes do you feel comfortable telling us sure absolutely (laughs) you want me to go first sure yeah all right my order is uh three one five two four that's my order three one five four two okay five two four Aaron's not saying that Temple of Doom is worse than Kingdom of the Crystal No, I am not. I am not. (laughs) Okay. Alice, I I assume this is, you said it was at the bottom, right? Yeah, but it's like, it's it's more, to be more accurate, it's probably just even with Kingdom. Like, for me, it goes three, one, two, and then a big gap. Like huge, like (laughs) you know, a few, and then and then four and five are just sitting there, happy together. Yeah. I have the exact same, except this would be probably right below Temple. So nice, I, yeah. I I, uh, I I'm like my one last thing, um, and then I'll go to you guys. Uh, I'll make my one last thing. This uh, uh, hot take, maybe I don't know. I think this movie makes Crystal Skull better. Um, I think it does some work in this movie that uh, actually makes me respect the work that was done in Crystal Skull a little bit more. Which honestly, I. I'd have to go back to check the record, but I remember liking it more than most. I never thought it was a great movie, but I do remember thinking I had a fun time. So, um, so I guess that means you probably shouldn't trust my opinion on this one too. Maybe I don't know, but um, but uh, but yeah, I think this movie makes Crystal Skull a little bit better uh, with some of the things it does. Uh, either of you have one last thing? No post credit scene. Truth. I agree with what Aaron said, except for very different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird because, you know, people turn in, tune into this podcast to have a general idea of like how, what to expect going into this movie. And unfortunately they're (laughs) listening to this and they're like, I loved it. It was okay. I hated it. (laughs) I didn't hate it. I will say this. I didn't hate it. I didn't, I don't think I have enough passion behind this movie to hate it. I just will probably never watch it again. But I think (laughs) people can also. Uh, parse our reasons and understand, oh, I generally feel the same way about this kind of stuff. So maybe I'll agree with this a little bit more in general. So, um, so yeah, not to, not to assume why you listen to this podcast, but, um, but I think you can uh, kind of hear what we're saying and, and make up uh, your own mind if, if you want to see it, or if you already have what you think about, uh, think about it. So, 
yeah, let us know if uh, you also love it. Otherwise, keep quiet. Uh, all right, we will move on to the next review. Don't keep quiet. Never keep quiet. <laughs> We're going to talk about Extraction 2. Tyler, you were clinically dead nine months ago. But you survived. You fought your way back. You just have to find out why. Tasked with extracting a family who is at the mercy of a Georgian gangster, Tyler Rake infiltrates one of the world's deadliest prisons in order to save them. But when the extraction gets hot and the gangster dies in the heat of the battle, his equally ruthless brother tracks down Rake and his team to Vienna in order to get revenge. Uh, Hello. Um, descriptions that are basically telling you the whole movie. I was uh, just about to say that plot spoils a lot. <laughs> it's it's. I don't even know anymore. Like I just I I get it from um the like the main like play. It's just like they don't they just don't care anymore. I'll have to be, do a little more uh, spoiler avoiding in the descriptions possibly, but um not that this movie can really be spoiled for you uh what did you think he's back hemsworth is back to do a little more raking um how's the yard look did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay alice what do you think low side of okay for me low side of okay andrew loved it loved it from andrew uh i'm on the high side of didn't like it uh so we've swapped positions (laughs) yeah andrew tell us uh, about this movie uh i i think that what i love sam hargrave doing here is that i feel the action sequences that he uh you know choreographs and the way he shoots them yes they're very impressive there's a 20 minute one shot in this movie quote unquote one shot in this movie Mm -hmm. but at the same time I think that everything felt purposeful in the fight. I think it helped push forward the narrative. And I felt the tension during all of these fight scenes. I think that it's just he knows how to shoot a well-choreographed <laughs> fight scene. Mm-hmm. I so agree. I, I actually, I was watching it and I texted my friend who had already seen the movie. And I was like, no movie needs a 20, 20 minute one take. This is going to be stupid. Because I should also mention, I watched Extraction 1 for the first time ever this week. Because I oh, hadn't seen it. So I watched that one. I was like, this is awful. I hate this. And then, like, it wasn't awful. It was just like, eh, meh, right? And it had no story and the action was okay. And I found that one take to be quite... I wasn't as interested. And so going into this one, that was going to be double the amount of time. I was like, oh no. And then in the middle, I texted my friend and I was like, I take it back. This, this one takes amazing. It was just <laughs> the tent. I agree. I think the choreography and the tension and, oh, my face at certain times when certain like injuries had occurred, I was like, oh no. Like it was, the brick. there was some, for me, the hand. <laughs> oh. Mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. I'll just say there's a moment with a hand that will make you very there's uncomfortable. There's a moment with a hand. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that and, and you know, then it just kind of goes through so many different moments. But they're all, just as you think you're out of it, you're like, oh, God, we're still in it. And what I did like about it in that it felt purposeful is it actually, I do feel that the difference between this and the first one is I actually 
felt that there was a good array of different kinds of characters. So obviously you had your Chris Hemsworth superhero, but then you also had the, you know, people he's trying to protect, you know, being this mother and her two children and you're actually worried for them and, and you care about them. And I feel like there's more given to the people they're trying to extract this movie than in the last one where I actually felt things towards them. So agreed regarding the one take. <laughs> the mm. one take is spectacular. Um, and in fact, uh, most of the action in this movie mm. is um, really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think you can really take that away from what they are doing here. It's clearly their intent as well. Like that's part of mm. the purpose of what they're doing with these movies is is being like, look, you can do cool action that looks good and that's understandable and those kind of things. Um, I mean, it's no tuck tuck. But it's, you know, it's pretty good. Um, so, the yeah, I don't think you can you can take anything away from uh, the action of this movie. And there's another extended action piece mm. towards the end that goes on for a long time um, that's not necessarily shot as a one-er, um, but it still uh, has some interesting things that happen. Creative uh, use of gym equipment throughout this movie, I'll say that much. Yes, creative <laughs> use of lots of stuff. Um, so yeah, that would be my one and only positive thing I have to say about this movie. It's interesting because I don't think the movie wants to give you any more than that. I think that's what the movie... Welcome to my major negative. (laughs) Well, what what, what more do you need? I I think that this... Okay, I'll let you go because I think that the stories are pretty good. Say say what you were about to say about the, I believe the story is where you were headed. Yeah. I enjoy the story. It's simplistic. It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be this mind-bending, you know, twist-filled thrill ride. It, it, it is a thrill ride, but I think that the movie just wants to be contained in its simplicity, and I am totally okay with that. There's some people over here that need extracted. Cool. Are we going to get some great action sequences? Yep. Is it gonna? Are we gonna have any more action sequences afterwards? Sure. Are the villains gonna be intriguing? Kinda. Enough. They're gonna be intriguing enough. And that's and that's my point. Listen, you're talking to somebody who is on record as saying the Raid Two is not a great movie. Like you, you're talking to somebody who who is not. I am not. I do not bow to your uh, action prowess. Like it's not enough for me, um, especially when it's so violent. And I just, I don't. Violence doesn't excite me. It disgusts me. So, like, there's also that part of it. Um, and I think, uh, I guess, I'll go ahead and say this. Part of my issue with a movie like this is it starts to feel like a tech demo. It starts to feel like, um, you know, this this kind of experiment uh, that they're doing in less like an actual movie. And that's that's okay. You can still have fun. You can still be entertained. But I really think your experience with a movie like this is going to come down to how how much space is there between the parts that you think are cool. Because if you think everything that's going on is cool, you're going to have a blast. But if you only mm-hmm. think like something here is, oh, that was cool when his arm was on fire and that was cool when this thing happened. But then there's two minutes of stuff. You're just like, well, now you're just shooting people and punching people like, you know, so it, a lot of it has to do with. Yeah, but like, did you I think, see how we punched that dude? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying is for you. That is a cool moment for me. It's like, I don't I don't care how he 
punched him. Like it just is punchy, punchy. Um, so I think that's where it's a lot of it's going to come down to. Otherwise, it really just it feels like an exhibition. You know, it just feels like, hey, look at the cool stuff we can do. OK, cool. I'll look at the cool stuff you can do. But I don't know that it, it needed to be a feature film. So and outside of the tech demo stuff, it's not a feature film. There's what, like half an hour of story outside of the action? Mm. Like that's a short film. So and it's and it's not even an interesting short film. <laughs> so like, you know. So yeah, so that's where I land on stuff like this a lot of time. Yeah. So. I I agree so much because even during the amazing one take, I kept being like, this I feel like I'm playing a video game. There was a mm-hmm. lot, especially the bit where we're following the cars, where mm-hmm. it felt like you're like literally driving them and you know you get random bits of dialogue without actually seeing the characters based on what checkpoints you're passing it felt like a video game and the story just felt like a we're just a shooter here have a story i actually for me the way i sum it up is i think the action part of this movie was amazing the movie part of this movie was terrible (laughs) i just the story was you say uh Andrew, that you didn't need it to be mind-bedding and twisty and you, it was simple and it was fine. I don't even know if I would count it as, like, it was just basic. Like, I just, I I thought that the villain was so one-dimensional, not even two-dimensional, he was one-dimensional. And, and everything that was happening, it just didn't make, I was just, honestly, I was tuning out and reading funny letterboxed reviews during all the bits where there wasn't action going on because I just wasn't, interested and I just okay look I know we're all watching an action film and I say this as someone who really really enjoys like you know movies that will have gratuitous violence like the Suicide Squad or even John Wick Um, I just find that the story in the John Wick and the lore and the world building is so much more intriguing and engaging and so I'm so in there even when they're not fighting with like you know pencils or whatever but in this I just felt like the story was like the cat, you know, some of the characters, I, I knew exactly what was going to happen to some that were introduced. And again, that's maybe not a bad thing if that's what you're wanting, but I just needed something more. I think the story's better than the last one because the last one didn't even have a story. This one, they tried to put something together. I, I do think maybe they need to actually like, put together a plot and a plot summary and then determine the action. Cause I honestly feel like they, they were like, Oh, we should do this. And then, Oh, we should do this. And then he should hide from a helicopter behind a ladder and that'll be funny and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then they're like, Oh wait, we need something to connect all these threads here. Georgian like mobster. That's fine. Deal with that. <laughs> and it just, it wasn't enough for me to, to be engaged. And that's why I ended up in okay, because I was like, oh, all the action bits. I was like, uh. but even the final action scene, I will say the very, very, very final one, that one for me was also disappointing because it felt very like bland in comparison to all the other ones that we'd just seen. And so I think that's because the story wasn't there to pull it together. Yeah. What uh what does Tyler what is Tyler Rake I believe is supposed to be our protagonist like yeah. what what is his growth in this movie what does he learn what is you know he what do we know about him He learns how to go from him? not being able to walk to being able to kill about 50,000 people using a, a 6 week workout program of logs and stones and push-ups it's always push-ups it, I, isn't it And I'm not saying there isn't something that he learns or grows from or anything I'm just saying in this kind of movie, the movie doesn't seem very invested in teaching that to you or showing that to you enough so that I don't really remember. Andrew, do you 
know what his well, like journey is supposed to be here? His journey's about him losing his child, you know, and him protecting these new children is kind of like him trying to make amends for walking out on his kid whenever his kid was sick. I know that's kind of spoilerish, but uh, uh, that it's, was the it's last the driving... movie's motivation. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, wasn't it? <clears throat> it was, but uh, I can't remember. I haven't seen the first movie in forever. But that's yeah. what I got from uh, uh, this one, anyway. Okay. I mean, I think I don't think I don't think any of us are disagreeing that the movie's point is to be a big bombastic action vehicle, right? Like that's what yeah. the movie's point is. And I think I think your level of enjoying it will be how much you're on board for that, how much you're looking forward to that, and um, you know, and uh, I, you know, I, I don't know that it's a big secret uh, with this one why you're going to like yeah. it or not like it. Well, you, my big negative for this movie, actually, Alice teased a little bit there, and it is the world building or lack thereof. Um, because the movie does tease some world building, but it doesn't commit to it in any way, shape, or form. You have this character, Alcott, who's played by Idris Elba, showing up at the beginning and the end of this movie. And I'm like, okay, so there's going to be a bigger organization that we're going to deal with. Okay, this is going to be interesting. And then we're left with nothing to... they think it's an appetizer, but they left us a crumb. You know, they think that they're just teasing something, but it's ended up being nothing. We needed more from that character to understand everything. Well, this is a bona fide hit for Netflix, from my understanding. So, like, Mm -hmm. we're going to get more extraction movies. They already confirmed number three. Netflix wants their franchise, man. They want want something that they can just put out a movie every couple years and know that people are going to stay subscribed. So... Uh, they want their extraction. They want their what, what was the Charlize one? They're doing another one of like they Atomic want uh, old guard. No, the old guard. Uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. So you yeah, know, yeah. old guard two is coming out. Like they want they want a franchise. There's they're doing another Bird Box. I think like they're they're aware that they you know they really want a franchise. So <laughs> remember that huge hit Bird Box. <laughs> it was that everybody a huge hit loved. for them. Okay, it, was it made a, a lot of money, but for them, it yeah. made a lot of money. But man, everybody hated that movie. <laughs> that scared me. That movie actually scared me. I was like, no, I hate this scenario. This is not an apocalypse I would thrive in. Um, something else I wanted to mention, and I, I teased this earlier on, not judging. I know we don't want to judge, uh, you know, child performances, but I can judge child characters as they were written, but from an adult. And I hated it. I hated Sandro, who's the the 14-year-old boy, with every fiber of my being. And I know that they're trying to do a, oh, he's 14 and he doesn't understand and he's confused. And, you know, Chris Hemsworth's going to teach him what it means to be a man. Oh, my God. I I kept being like, just leave him behind. Just let him die. Honestly, it'll be good emotional growth for the characters. It's fine. Nobody. There's the little girl. She can be the one who, like, then Chris. Chris Hemsworth starts talking to. I, I don't care about him. Let him die. Oh, I hate I think you're him. supposed to hate him. I think you're supposed to hate him. I know, but I just, I think you're meant to hate him, but then also be like, oh, but he he redeems himself or whatever. And, and I'm just, nah. Nah. Yeah. I, I so you're, you're saying that the punishment didn't fit the crime. Correct. I honestly would have been, I think it would have been interesting if they just killed him off. I would have been like, oh, I haven't seen that before. And now I'm not unreasonably angry at the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Andrew, do you have one last thing? No post-credits scene. Ah, yes. 
my one last thing is that uh, I think we had a discussion after the last extraction about him surviving and making another movie. And I just want to say, I don't even remember what I said in that conversation. I remember we saw the shadowy figure, uh, but I will say it is ridiculous that uh, they brought him back to life. That's uh, really silly yeah. considering you everything. Just need to go live with I do some have chickens one last for a thing. bit, Aaron. It's fine. Then yes, you're that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember. I do have one more thing. I really enjoyed the Nick and Yaz characters, the brother and sister. I really liked the dynamic that they had. I really like when they were in peril. I was nervous for them. You know, I, I cared about those characters. There you go. I wasn't because I knew exactly what was going to happen the second that Yaz was introduced. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, yep, I know what's going to happen. And then it did happen. Everything that I thought would happen. Every, happened. Everything happened. Yeah. Everything happened. <laughs> Alice is, apparently didn't even need to see the movie and she could have given a yeah. review for it. I think that would have been a perfect tagline for the film. Extraction yep. 2. Everything happened. Uh, all right. Before we move on to the best ever challenge, uh, thank you to our Sif Pop members. Uh, if you are a member at a certain level, you get to check out the members only pre shows uh, that Andrew Ormsby is doing. We call them Moops now. Uh, and uh, we had a good discussion, uh, very uh, even keeled and uh, respectful conversation about the end of La La Land uh, in yeah. the uh, the uh, moops this week. If you are a Sift Pop member, you can check that out. Just go to patreon.com slash Sift Pop. Let's go with a big name. Harrison Ford. Best ever Harrison Ford movies for the best ever challenge. Um, we will go number five to number one. Uh, if you have it any higher, you will be Trump. Uh, trumped if somebody has it higher. Um, so yeah, what do you think? What's uh, what are the best Harrison Ford movies? We'll start at number five. I'll kick us off. Uh, not afraid of being trumped on this one. I don't think I did have difficulty here. There was another movie that I was really going back and forth in, and I'll tell you in the honorable mentions. But I ended up landing with What Lies Beneath as my number five. Best ever Harrison Ford movie. Very underappreciated, underrated Harrison Ford thriller. Um, It is Robert Zemeckis kind of doing Alfred Hitchcock. And I think it works. Uh, I really enjoy it as a suspense thriller. So uh, check out What Lies Beneath if you haven't seen it. Good Harrison Ford stuff. It's unlike Um, any role I've seen Harrison Ford play. That as well. It's always fun to see him do something different. Uh, What is your number five, Andrew? Get off my plane. Going with Air Force One. That nice. is just such a fun movie. I think Gary Oldman is just chewing scenery in that movie. It's fun. I mean, logistically, it's a ridiculous movie, but that's what I needed when I saw this movie. And it's like the it's the ultimate 90s uh, Harrison Ford action film that you need. It's great. Uh, a lot, lot of fun to be had in Air Force One for sure. Alice, what is your number five? My number five, and I should mention, I didn't realize how many of Harrison Ford's movies are on my list of shame. So that is mm. why some of these will not be showing up on my list. Um, but my number five is a cute little morning time rom-com called Morning Glory. Mm. Um, I remember watching this and actually enjoying, you know, it subverts some of the rom-com expectations 
And I think Rachel McAdams is really lovable in this movie. And I think that, um, yeah, there's some really good scenes as well that ha- like come with producing a show and all the politics. And I think that Harrison Ford actually, you know, he, he, he seems to have a little bit of life and seems to be enjoying it. It's before he started hating everything that was in Indiana Jones. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun rom-com. I can recommend. Nice. Morning Glory. I've never seen it. Never seen that one. It's on my list of shame as well. Uh, all right. Number fours. I'll kick us off. This might get trumped. Not sure. Blade Runner 2049. Trump. If you Trump. don't mind. Trump. Not surprised. Andrew, what is your number four? Well, this is going to get trumped too. The Fugitive. Trump. Alice, what is your number four? This won't. Age of Adeline. <laughs> no, that will not get trumped. Speak on it. I will remain silent. <laughs> um, I, I I enjoyed this one. I always like a high concept fantasy or high concept sci-fi where it's just like, you know, this one thing that and that it's affecting the world around it. I really love the fashion and the settings and the, you know, the technical elements that are explored in this movie. Um, I think it's a very nice romance. Like it's a cute romance. I think that it's nice. And if you're in the mood to just watch basically the time traveler's wife, but gender reversed, then this is a good recommendation. There you go. Age of Adeline at number three now for me, unless Alice has it higher, The Fugitive I have at number three. So That's Andrew has my, it at number four. I shame. have it at number three. Ooh, you should check it out. I it's know. Really it's on my list. You it's really should. Um, often known more for Tommy Lee Jones' performance than Harrison Ford's performance. I think that's a bit unfortunate. Yes, uh, TLJ is great in this movie, but so is Harrison Ford. So is the plot. So is the tension. So is the structure. Um, this movie just works. It just chugs along and works. Um, so, yeah, uh, The Fugitive is a good one to check out. Andrew, did you have anything you wanted to say about it? Uh, I, I was... You kind of took the wind out of my sails, and I was just going to praise Tommy Lee Jones so much. Yeah, <laughs> saying no, that he's great. You but you're like, deservedly so. Deservedly, he won so. the Oscar. He won he the sure Oscar. Did. So, yeah, uh, it's a great. Uh, it feels so much. <clears throat> sorry, it feels so much like a Tom Clancy, like a Jack Ryan kind of movie, but it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I, I love it. It's great. I'm gonna probably go watch it today. Very nice. Uh, what is your number three, Andrew? My number three, this is, well, it's going to get trumped, I think. This is where I have Blade Runner 2049. T-R-U-M-P. Trump! Very good. All right. On to your number three, Alice. Might get trumped. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. Trump! (laughs) On to our number twos. Uh, I have Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So do I. Hey, we all placed it in the right place. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we've already talked a little bit about uh, how this is our favorite Indiana Jones movie. I will let you guys talk a little bit about why, if you like. Alice, what do you love about uh, The Last Crusade? Oh, it's just so fun. It's it's definitely like I remember when I went to go watch the original ones. Um, I had heard so many things about Raiders and I thought it was going to be, everyone talks about it. Like it's the greatest movie of all time or something. And, and I watched it and I was like, yeah, that was good. And then I watched Temple of Doom and you know, it was fine. And then I watched Last Crusade and it's just got so much fun. It, it's just mm. the, the challenge. I love the dynamic between Indy and his dad. I 
love the like old school, you know, challenges and and the villains are really fun villains. And it's just, it's such, I think it's such a fun Indiana Jones movie. And every time I'm like, oh, oh no, you're going to choose the wrong thing. Ha ha ha. And it's like, yeah, I enjoy that. (laughs) You have chosen wisely. Wisely. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, uh, Andrew, some thoughts? Ones? Oh, uh, uh, Last Crusade is one of the best movies. It's it's pretty, it's close to being a perfect movie. It mm-hmm. really is. So. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, uh, Sean Connery mm-hmm. was 58 when uh, Last Crusade was shot, as compared to Harrison Ford being 81 <laughs> when this movie was shot. Also, uh, Sean Connery, only 12 years older than Harrison Ford. So very, very yeah. uh, young fathering of, of a child. So. It's the white beard and the, yes. the angry yeah. eyebrows. That's what That's gives what dad is. vibes. <laughs> All right, on to our number ones. Uh, my number one is a movie simply called Star Wars. Um, it is a beautiful film that launched a franchise. Uh, some people call it A New Hope. Some people call it Star Wars 4. They are all wrong. It is just Star Wars. Uh, I don't know. Is it controversial for your favorite Star Wars film to be Star Wars? Uh, if so, no, count me as controversial. I think that's the majority. Um, well, or would you say Empire is the majority? Pick? I think Empire is the majority. I think, I think most people go with uh, Empire. Mm-hmm few well, people go with last closely, jedi honestly i think that closely following uh the empire would be the original star wars yeah i think so too anyways i love it um it's it's hard to overstate how much this movie meant to me so yeah star wars is my number one uh andrew what's your number one empire the next movie <laughs> so when you're done watching aaron's favorite watch my favorite <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah um, uh I've said everything I could ever say about Empire, really. Yeah, Alice, you had it on your list too, right? Mm-hmm. I want it known. It's not my favorite Star Wars. That is The Last Jedi. Nice. That's the correct answer. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do really... Empire is the next one. But I, yeah, I couldn't put Last Jedi. I was like, oh, maybe... Does he cameo in the... Li-? No, he doesn't. I was like, damn it. Um, he does but- Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, oh, I was not putting that movie on here. Um, but uh, no, I did. I I think Empire is one of the the great, you know, first uh, like more earlier in cinema, not early in cinema, but you know, uh, far enough away in time where it really does have the not everything's going to end how you want it to end, and it actually, you know. It's just a really great film with a great development of character, great development of story and world building. And you can really sense that maybe George Lucas is... Look, George Lucas is great. He's an ideas man. But when it comes to execution, he needs to leave that sometimes to people who have more ability. And I think that that was left in number two. And that's why it's just... It's so great. And yeah, I mean... I like I, this is a question. Do you think this is a movie that someone can just like watch without having seen the first? What? Not like if you haven't ever, but it just for me. I feel like I I always have to watch Star Wars and then I always have to put on Empire Strikes Back. Like I can't just mm. put on Empire Strikes Back. I think Empire I think I works as its own Empire. movie. 
Yeah, I think yeah. it works as its own movie. Mm. I, I've heard, in fact, it was one of my frustrations. I, I heard people comparing um, Across the Spider-Verse, uh, the, uh, or is it Into mm. the Spider? I forget which order Across. they go in. Across, Across is, is the new one, one, right? Yeah. I, I, I hear people comparing the end of Across the Spider-Verse to the end of Empire, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, the, the end of Empire is, yes, a downer of an ending, but it is an ending. Like, it is an ending of that story, even though it's a bit of a downer. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a complete film. Um, all right. On to your number one, Alice. Oh, yes. My number one is Blade Runner 2049 because it's so amazing. Good. And Denis Villeneuve can literally do no wrong. And who would have <laughs> thought, especially because I am not that big of a fan of the original Blade Runner. I know. How dare I? But I found the no, original nobody, one. Nobody on this panel is, unfortunately. Oh, thank yeah, well, it's just, I find, I remember watching it being like, I'm ready. Sci-fi, the movie that created really what the sci-fi genre is today. Mm. And I was so bored, the whole movie. And especially because it is my dad's favorite movie. He oh, no, saying. that's the worst. Yeah. I was like, well, no. But then 2049 came out and I was like, well, I do really love a Blade Runner. And it's this one because it's amazing. And uh, d- just an evil move. I think this is the one that really cemented his place as my favorite director working today and I just think he has such an ability to take story and like I remember when it was announced everyone had the role eyes of oh nobody wants a Blade Runner sequel turns out I really wanted a Blade Runner sequel because it's just it's I love the exploration of themes of what it is to be human Uh, that is that is my that's my crack when it comes to science fiction and I it was delivered it in spades I also think Harrison Ford's inclusion in it is actually really well done you know just enough for it to give you enough about Decker but it's also not like oh here are all the answers to the questions you guys have had over the last 30 years Um, and I yeah it's just stunning and beautiful and i love it it's a great movie (laughs) i agree i had it at number four um i agree with everything you said um i think it's great andrew did you have any thoughts yeah i had it at number three and yeah it was definitely uh a groundbreaking movie for me i think the the sound design in this movie is like Mm. up there with some of the best sound design of any movie ever and uh, we're talking about Harrison Ford movies. I think Harrison Ford is great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, th- it's not really his movie, you know. No, like it's it's, not. He, it's it's not. But he he does uh, do well with what he's doing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's uh, just the right amount of Decker. Like you don't want Blade Runner twenty forty nine to be just Decker two Like I think they did the they really did the right thing by making him just a side character on a different character's quest. Right. Right. Uh, honorable mentions. There's certainly plenty we can mention. I will start off since I already kind of teased. The one I was really debating with What Lies Beneath for my number five is Clear and Present Danger. I really love that movie. Um, it is my favorite of the Jack Ryan films. And just for that, like, confronting the president scene alone, uh, that movie is in my top. It's so good. Um, and then I also wanted to mention Mosquito Coast, which I think is underseen uh, and is really, really good. Another very different Harrison Ford performance, if you're looking for for those. And uh, Witness. Had to mention Witness as well. I think Witness is, is phenomenal. Um, what other uh, honorable mentions did you guys have? Well, I'll tell you what the uh, the gurus had written down for their list. Yeah. So the top three picks for the gurus, number three was Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. Number two was Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. And number one was Empire Strikes Back. There you go. Mm. Opposite Last Crusade. Last Crusade, <laughs> yeah. u- unanimous number two, mm. everybody. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. 
It, there was there was a plenty of votes for Raiders, I must say. There mm-hmm. were plenty of votes for Raiders. Well, the correct movie one. And uh, <laughs> did you mention uh, Clear and Present Danger, Aaron? Yeah. I did, yeah. Okay, he had a little sure. spiel on it. <laughs> I did a whole thing well, where it was like almost was my number five. Find, I was <laughs> sorry, I wasn't listening because I was trying to find the Guru's list. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have any, Alice? Any honorable mentions? Yeah, I did have a couple. One uh, is a movie called Extraordinary Measures with um, with a new Oscar winner. Uh, uh, oh my God, I forgot his name. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Oh, Fraser. Oh my goodness, that was a good look. Look, guys, I'm still waking up. It's the morning for me. Uh, with Brendan Fraser and um, Harrison Ford, it's a very touching drama. Um, and I, I think it was just as Brendan Fraser was being pushed out of Hollywood. So it was like one of his very last, you know, starring roles. But I, I remember really enjoying it when I watched it. I do enjoy Ender's Game. I do enjoy that. I love a good sci-fi, especially with, with a big moral, you know, complication in it. And then I wanted to, I know it's a TV show, but I did want to mention Shrinking because that is an amazing, it's so good. It's so good. Apple TV Plus is putting out some amazing stuff and Shrinking is definitely one of them. And I really, really love Harrison Ford's character in it. I think that it's perfect for where he is in like, you know, what everyone thinks of Harrison Ford as a grumpy old man, but he's got so much heart and love. And I I think the dynamic between the main cast is amazing. I really recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it already. Very nice. Well, there you go. The best ever Harrison Ford movies. Well, it's time for the buried treasure, guys. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Um, Alice, you're our guest, so you'll go last. Andrew, why don't you kick us off? Uh, This was uh, one of my buried treasures not too long ago, but I'm revisiting it because there was a new season of Ink Master that came out. It was Ink Master season 14, and... It's on Paramount Plus, and I have to say, out of every single season of Ink Master that I've seen, which is all of them, uh, this is the best season they've ever done. Uh, the new judges they brought in, Ryan Ashley, uh, Nick Hurtado, Ami James, it's it's a stellar judging panel, and they brought back all of the best artists that they've ever had, like past winners, past people who people thought they should have won. And it's really, it's really intense because there are no bad tattoos this season. Every single tattoo is super, super good. Nice. Um, you guys know me. I love tattoos. I got, well, nine of them now after today. Um, and uh, yeah, if even if you don't like tat, like the idea of a tattoo is like off-putting to you, I still think that they're, like getting a tattoo sounds off-putting. I still do think that you could find the artistic and the competence that the people are displaying in their craft is something that's just it's it's something to behold it really is nice uh my buried treasure is possibly the best season of television i've ever seen um the uh at least in that conversation uh watchman has something to say about that but uh the bear season 2 is absolutely phenomenal television um i oh. was not oh, prepared <laughs> for how good this tv show was going to be in season 2 um i was watching it uh and i thought oh i'll i'll you know watch a few episodes and i i watched it all in one day uh, all 10 episodes <laughs> the 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 first 5 i was going this 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 show is so good it's transcendent it's so well done 
And then it went to another level in episode six through 10. And episode six is a tour de force by at least a half a dozen people. And, uh, and then it just, it just ramps the, the back half of the season, uh, into some amazing, amazing stuff. How does episode six of this season compare to episode seven of season one, which is the big melting? That's like right. That's the comparison a lot of people are doing. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's. I think the final every one of the final five episodes is better than episode seven of season one. Um, So yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, Love the bear. If you're not watching it, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, I'm so excited. For so. Australia to get it in like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry at Australia. I want to watch it so badly. VPN. I'm sure you <clears> sorry. find it somewhere <laughs> sorry, online. I, just, I know, <laughs> but I'm trying. No, I know. I know I can, but I want to try and I'm trying to like, I want to support it and I want to watch it on the platform. Are, and, well, right. Know, but you are, you are paying for the platform. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is a sh- entertainment show. I'm not, I am, this is all for entertainment. I'm not offering any kind of legal advice to anyone. Thank you, Alice, for doing the right thing. <laughs> Look, we'll see. I've held out for like all of four days. We'll see how yeah. long that occurs for. Um, all right, Alice, what is your buried treasure? Well, my original buried treasure, I've changed it. And, and that's the one that I gave uh, the name of to Phil because my original one was going to be Silo. And then I was listening to the Spider-Verse episode and Andrew yeah. had to recommend it, didn't he? And I'm the sorry, season, if you would have let just, me know, I would have picked something <laughs> Three else. weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. But um, I will say the season ended like yesterday and oh my God, one of the most amazing. I love this show so much. Please watch Silo. It's amazing. But that's not my buried treasure. My buried treasure is actually a... <laughs> New movie, uh, or newer-ish movie called No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I am a huge Jennifer Lawrence fan. Huge Jennifer Lawrence fan, have been since Hunger Games. And I was really excited to see her back. Look, was I super keen for this movie going in? No, because I, like many, many other people, might have misunderstood, I think as well because of the marketing and how it is, what it actually is. This, I understand that some people have been a bit wary about it because it's like oh that's weird it's a 32 year old woman seducing a 19 year old boy that's not what it is that is not what this movie is this is actually man with a 19 year old right like that's yeah i I don't know is it yeah that's true 19 year old uh person (laughs) man (laughs) (laughs) a a 19 year old how about that (laughs) but the point is how old is she in the movie she's 32 32 so yeah. 20 so 23 is the youngest according to half plus seven so half your age plus yeah. seven yeah so she's 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 pushing it she's she's i underneath. will say this she's not doing it because the the plot if people don't know the plot is basically that she is an uber driver her car actually um uh ebon from the bear is in this movie uh but it basically her car gets towed and she can't make money to save her house so she takes on um, a Craigslist ad that she finds. And this is apparently, this movie's based on a real Craigslist ad that they found where the parents are like, please come date our son, bring him out of his shell, and then we'll give you a car in return. And so that's why she engages with the entire situation. But what from the outside might seem a little bit, again, people have been wary about it because of, it's actually just a really nice, um, raunchy, sure, but more of a friendship comedy, I'd say. 
no, at no point during the movie and I'm, am I like, oh yes, the chemistry. Oh yes, this is a sex comedy like it was in the, you know, in the two, the early two thousands. It's more just these two people that have been thrown into this, in this, to this situation, and they both have reasons to require a friend, really, and to, you know, each learn from each other. And I think that what's really, really great is that the nineteen-year-old, his character is just as well developed as Jennifer Lawrence's character. And they both really bring a lot to the movie. And it's actually got some really funny subversive moments where it is, I won't spoil what it is, but there's a particular moment on a beach where they somehow take one of the you know most beautiful women in the world and make her so you are not thinking about how attractive she is, even though she's in a more compromising position because it's very well done. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's a really good comedy. I really do recommend it. It's so fun. I wouldn't even classify it as a romantic comedy. It's more of just like a friendship comedy, if anything. And, uh, yeah, definitely recommend. Uh, nothing has made me feel older on this episode than you insinuating that the height of sex comedies was the 2000s. Uh, (laughs) yes, I know of American Pie, but there's, it was 20 years before that, uh, when that, you know, was at its height. But anyhow. In my, in my Uh day, like as I've been alive. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, the, the, the word on No Hard Feelings is, it bring you know, it's kind of bringing back the raunch calm, you know, like, mm. um, and so I'm, you know, I'm curious what that means and uh, glad to hear a good review of it. So mm. that is No Hard Feelings uh, out in theaters. The Bear is on Hulu and Ink Master is on Paramount+. Plus. Well, we did it, guys. We managed Woo. to do a podcast. So yeah, congratulations did. to everyone involved. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And thank you to Alice McKelly for Ooh. coming by once again. Um, Alice, uh, where do you want to send people? Oh, well, as always, I am a writer for SifPop.com, so you can find uh, my most recent review was for Elemental, so you can find that up now. And then otherwise, you can find me on Letterboxd and Instagram at Ali G Mick. And yeah, come come have a chat. That's the, the main stuff happening right now. Very cool. Well, thank you for being with us again. Always appreciate having you on. Uh, much, much love and gratitude to our SifPop members as well, if you want to find out more about that. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash sifpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can email us if you want, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than escaping a prison melee when it's 1,000 versus you and a friend with half a shovel. We'll be back in two weeks. Two weeks with Dead Reckoning and Asteroid City is what the plan is. So uh, we will see you then. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.